everyone. Welcome to Content Void. I'm Alex. And I'm Leah. And we are here today to talk about Twilight. Yay! Well, yay or weird or what the hell? How old are they? So, Twilight. We've decided that we're going to start doing these throwback episodes. And the reason for that is um, partially because we are elder millennials who want to uh, reminisce about things that we watched when we were younger. And also because quite often you find that some of these older programs and films and all the rest of it actually do have some relevance for today. So we thought we'd kick it off with Twilight. And if any of you out there listening are kind of uh, mid-30s females, then you're probably hopefully excited to hear what we've got to say. For future throwback episodes we're definitely open to hearing what you guys want to listen to so um hit us up on twitter using hashtag content void and we will find you i'm gonna hand over to uh twihard fan leah (laughs) (laughs) uh please don't call me that even though that is probably what i was i know it's true that's a confession i have to make anyway let's just enter a little bit about twilight and why we you know, why we were so obsessed with it. In 2005, Stephanie Meyer published a book that would become a series much beloved and ridiculed all around the world. The Twilight book series sold over 100 million copies and was even made into movies, propelling fairly unknown actors into tween stardom. Almost 20 years later, what do we make of the series? And how was everyone so obsessed with sparkling vampires with control issues? <laughs> the sparkling vampires, I love it. And control issues, red flags galore for this one. And actually, it's worth saying that we, one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this is like, how was Twilight so popular? And yet we ignored all of those red flags that were running through the through the stories, right? Well, Alex, I've got a theory, but also the fact that I don't think we are any better at noticing these red flags. I feel like the red flags have become a lot subtler and have a lot of um, mm. examples Uh, of recent content and recent series and shows uh, with similar red flags that we just completely try and ignore because we just love the stories and we love romance. So it doesn't matter if he is controlling and there's a massive age gap. Because it's such a lovely, exciting story. Exactly. So obviously a lot of you will know what Twilight is potentially from the films and not just from reading the books. So the first film came out in 2008 and no one was expecting much. And I actually read that even the director, Catherine Hardwick, said that they were expecting something like $29 million to gross for this film, which I think sounds like a lot of money. Yeah. But no. So in its opening weekend, it grossed $69 million. Um, and overall... Nice. I know. Not bad, hey? Overall, $393 million. So it's not surprising that they then went on in quite fast succession to bring out the next film, the next film, the next film. So obviously, as you'll all know, if you've seen the films, that first one had that quite low budget indie feel. And then they just grew and grew from there. And actually, they were doing some really cool cutting edge CGI stuff at the time. Well, so I don't well, know. No, they were. Oh, you remember I'm those not, wolves? I'm, those oh, wolves were amazing. I'm sorry. I'm no. my pen at you. <laughs> I'm not even looking it through the lens of... A person in 2022. I'm looking at it through the lens of the person who watched it back then and thought, uh, like, fine. Mm. But so 
it stands though that, you know, you mentioned already that uh, Kristen Stewart and Robert Patterson were kind of relatively unknown, if completely known stars. And they were catapulted by these films into being so well known. And and the films were so popular that in Breaking Dawn Part 1 with that wedding scene, oh, God. which I'm sure we'll come on to, um, security was so tight on the film, on the film set that they even had her wearing, Bella wearing the dress like shrouded in, I don't know, like a giant cape or something until filming so that they couldn't have any leaks going out to the press. So, you know, Twilight was massive then. Yeah, I I don't know why. I mean, it's not really a good sign when the director of the first film didn't expect much because surely as a director you think you know what I will you know I will make this the best film it's going to be the next Harry Potter it kind of was and um, if you have seen how well the series the book series has done I don't know why you would expect the movies to not do as well maybe they thought that would be really hard to translate into movie because sometimes it just doesn't work but yeah I it is, in my opinion, this is where the Harry Potter world clashed with Twilight World. Because if you were growing up reading Harry Potter, obsessed, obsessed with the books, you read seven books, um, the films are coming out, you are kind of there and you suddenly became an avid reader and you are just there to be scooped up by another book series. And I think the early 2000s was the heyday for young adult book series. Definitely. Um, We've got Twilight, we've got Mace Runner, we've got Hunger Games. They all came around um, the same time. And I think when they saw the global phenomenon that Harry Potter was, Mm. they thought, you know what, we can make money. People actually read. Kids read. Let's just, you know, let's release some books and see what happens. Which actually then begs the question, why did they think that the first film was going to be such a flop? I reckon because... Uh, the material, the source material was just poor. Let's be honest, just because a lot of people bought it doesn't mean that there was any good. Because when I reread it, and I have reread the books a few times, maybe five times, that's, that's kind of a confession. I was, I was obsessed with it, even though I knew it was pretty poor. It's not the best. I think there were, there's a lot of criticism of Stephanie Meyer's writing. So she was, she's not the best writer, but that doesn't mean that the story itself wasn't compelling in some sort of way. I think she used a lot of weird describe. So she would just be using the same kind of sentence structures for everything, explaining things in a way that you think, oh, it's a bit, it's a bit weird and it's a bit gross um, to be focusing on that. And she's not, you know, she was not the best writer. That's okay. I don't think J.K. Rowling is exactly a good writer either. The Harry Potter books has also been criticised for not being written really well. But that's not the point. It's mm. the story and it's the characters that really stood out. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So confession from my end, I haven't read the books. Well, it's okay, Alex. I don't think that's a confession. I think it's okay that you've never read the books. And I would probably would not recommend them as your nighttime read unless you literally have read everything else in the world. Okay. Fine. I mean, I was 24 when that first film came out. I'm showing my age now. And I'd already kind of finished uni. So I think probably at that point, it was more that I sat down and watched the films for entertainment rather than being part of that world and needing to go back and read the books. Yeah. I mean, it, it is just easy entertainment, something you put on when you're hungover, probably, um, just to have that in the background, not something that to 
to really be consumed about. Like I said earlier, I am, I was a big Twilight fan. I am. I am. I you was. said I am. <laughs> I heard it. I was a big <laughs> Twilight fan. And I don't know why, because I was critical and cynical enough at the time to realize how bad the books are and how awful the films were. And yet I still <laughs> liked it. And despite all the you know, all the red flags as well, they were really clear even even then. I think what, what it was is that it was in the middle of me going to uni and I just had lots of time on my hands when I should have probably done some coursework. And I was part of a life journal forum <laughs> where there were, I know, I know a life journal again, showing my age. Oh, what a throwback. And uh, there was a Twilight kind of, it was a fun forum but with the angle of we know it's bad, we know it's horrible, and yet we still like it. And we kind of make fun of it and we don't take ourselves so seriously. And that was really fun. I think um, it was just a community. If I didn't have that, I don't think I would have quite um, spent as much time obsessing about Twilight. You know, I read all the fan fiction as well. People were writing fan fiction. To be honest, it wasn't any worse writing than the actual book. Was any of it better? Probably. I, I would say I would say so. And um what was great about back then is that Stephanie Meyer was really close to her fans in a way where she would answer questions and release some extra information where people were curious about. So this is why I think Twilight is not necessarily just a teen romance, weird thing from back in the day. I feel like it's also kind of partly body horror because of scenes in the book and in, in the movie it's a bit gross, um, the whole kind of giving birth and everything else. But there were questions around, how did she get pregnant from a vampire? And how do people get turned into vampires? Yeah. Now, I'm pretty sure this information came from Stephanie Meyer. So it was like, this is canon. She said that instead of blood running through vampires' veins, it's that vampire venom that they all have, which replaces blood, spit, any kind of like liquid in your body, including semen, I think. So, um, so yeah. So this is kind of the explainer of why, when Edward and Bella finally have their, you know, have their marital first timer um, in the honeymoon, that's why she gets pregnant, and they didn't realize that this could even happen because, you know. Uh, hang on a minute. If that's the case, sorry to interrupt, surely when they got down to honeymoon business, then he would have also at the same time turned her into a vampire. No. But he didn't. That comes later. So I think it's when it goes to your blood. blood. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so like I guess I think it's um, a certain amount of venom into the bloodstream that turns you into a vampire. But if... <laughs> your semen or venom or whatever else goes into your uterus and somehow somehow impregnates I don't know I don't know how it works wear a condom guys <laughs> yeah even when you're a vampire wear a common to be fair that would have probably dissolved <laughs> um I think Stephanie Meyer kind of <laughs> I think Stephanie Meyer explained that, that this is like a caustic or something it's our client <laughs> something or other and I have a feeling that uh, a mere condom that a human has created would not have, you know, protected Bella from getting pregnant from the vampire venom that somehow also makes babies. I don't know. 
Can I ask a question? Yes. Do you think that Edward's willy sparkles? I think so. It's the entire entire body, including, you know, any kind of skin down there as Appendage. well. Well, his bollocks um, are sparkling. <laughs> That's the real twilight. Just imagine like uh, in the moonlight. You know, you wouldn't need to put the bedside lamps on, would you? No, I think that was um, <clears throat> that was a scene in the in the book where she saw him in the moonlight, and he was sparkling, and it was amazing. <laughs> it was it's just written like a fourteen year old horny girl, like you know, when you are in teenage years and you fantasize about something because you have no boyfriend and you come into puberty and you think, what would love look like? And it's it's that, isn't it? So. Which is probably where the red flags are passable. Yeah. I don't want to say that word, but when you, if you're a straight girl, very much talking about straight girls who fancy boys, you tend to go for lads that look a bit more built, a little bit older than you, yes. because let's face it, all the boys in your class, probably weedy little spotty oiks, yeah. you know, and, and media has portrayed that men are these buff like you think about Jacob in the later films when he's like basically topless the whole time <laughs> and Edward is kind of sullen and he drives a Volvo yes because it sounds like Volvo <laughs> Volvos are cool kids is it okay no no they're not they're like what well, my dad had a Volvo right I reckon they were sponsor yeah, I think that's definitely. the reason you drive a Volvo like why else but my point is is that um as a young 14 year old girl seeking boy yes the flags as as women now looking back are like why was her dad letting her marry this weird creepy sparkly dude from that weird family down the road yeah but also at the same time you know as a 14 year old girl mm, take your pick do you want Team Jacob or Team Edward, yeah. because both of them are pretty nice. <laughs> well, I mean, I was Team Edward because yeah. I found I found Jacob quite annoying. But um, the difference is that Jacob is about Bella's age, and Edward is like hundred something, hundred eight. Yeah, I mean, imagine having lived for hundred over hundred years, Alex. Imagine that, right? Imagine how mature you are at your mm. ripe age of mid, your mid-30s. Imagine now living another 60 or so years. Yeah. And then thinking, you know what? You know who stimulates me on a romantic level is this 16-year-old girl. That's wrong. This sullen, sullen girl who is basically like grumpy and yeah I was gonna say plain Jane and that's just such a horrible thing to say but she's she's beautiful in her own way but she's not you know after 108 years you'd think I'm 108 years old my dad is 400 and I'm going to choose this 16 year old girl who skulks around the dining hall at school it's a bit weird when you think about it like that it is weird but you actually hit the nail on the head because she is a plain Jane. That's the whole point of that character in the book. So um, she is described as fragile, skinny, you know, and kind of like not athletic, um, bit pale, that kind of description. And mm. um, if you look at recent books and recent TV shows, that sort of fragile white female character that's a love interest is very much still a trope that is in literature today. And the best example of the most recent one is Normal People. I don't I haven't read it, but I have watched the series and it's the same. She is pale, mm. white, sort of fragile, you know, kind of plain and her beauty is overlooked by other people. That kind of trope is still in literature now. So we can't say we have really moved 
on from 2005, really. Um, I think we are still pretty much propelling that stereotype that a woman needs to be looked after and um, that that's romantic, that she's plain, but there's this like most popular, most beautiful man or boy in school or wherever, and they would choose her out of everyone. That's like such a trope, isn't it? Well, another example that genuinely I was quite surprised to read was inspired by Twilight is Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes. Did you not know this? I didn't know. So exactly the same, this rich, you know, always rich, Mm -hmm. uh, rich, handsome, strong, confident man. And then basically a wispy girl. Yeah. Exactly the same. And, you know, obviously he dominates her clearly. Um, yeah. If you've read, the, and again, badly written books, but very popular film series. So what do you know? I don't know why though, because I think I watched the first one and I was really bored because I'm like, why are they negotiating the contract for like half of the film? <laughs> it just felt a bit like, am I watching something that's meant to be kind of saucy or am I watching work? Um, it was, it was all just a really, like, it was like, it was the same as me, you know, handing over selling contract to buy a house. Like, <laughs> oh, and in clause um, 2.7b, we mentioned about anal play and it's like, okay, um, this is not sexy. Has anyone told you that this is not sexy? Like contract negotiations aren't sexy. But um, it's funny you mentioned that because I knew back then, because I was obviously in the Twilight fandom at Twilight hard as you will and and I knew that uh I think I can't remember the name of the author for 50 shades but she read twilight and then wrote fan fiction based on her reading twilight and the story doesn't mean that it's meant to be bella or edward but it's definitely the kind of like power dynamics between someone but yeah. older mature and someone who's completely inexperienced and we have that with um twilight because she is a virgin of course and um she you know she lost loses her virginity to a to a man after she gets married because you know even if it's the vampires and werewolves and other things going on we must make sure that our women are married yeah. before oh, they have God. sex so many red flags um i was thinking as well with twilight in its defense there are some strong women characters in the cullen family however when it always comes to the the real crux of the matter is always man on man you know even when we have um victoria the the evil vampire uh, when it comes down to it, you know, Edward Cullen is fighting other men. The werewolves are a group of men. And it's just, I always, I think this about Marvel as well, um, until very recently, you know, just get some bloody strong women in there. Like, let's have some women fighting and not just women fighting women and men fighting men. Like, yeah, I want to see Captain Marvel, like, punch the shit out of, I don't know, someone else. I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but. Let's break those stereotypes because yeah, I was about to say in the real world, you know, in the real <laughs> world where superheroes and vampires and werewolves, like why isn't there a lady werewolf? Um, I think you're right in most cases and the entire film and book series is very much like women need to be protected and the men are the ones who fight essentially. But, um, and I don't know how much you remember the last part of the series. So, you know, just a quick summary. In the first one, they fall in love um, in some weird way. In the second one, I think um, he leaves um, her or something like that because it's better for her. The third one, she kind of heals from that. The fourth one, he comes back, but somehow they need to make sure that he is saved from the Italian vampires 
who are royalty in the vampire world. And then they kind of get married and all of that stuff. And I think it was the last one where essentially a war is about to break um, break out because it's the different factions of vampires or covens, as you say. And it's essentially they realize that she has a baby and the baby is half human and half vampire but having vampire babies apparently is against the law obviously you can you can kill the humans and drink the blood but you can't have vampire babies because that would tell people that vampires exist apparently yeah. so this is kind of like the premise of it but um so they, they're coming to kind of kill the baby or something like that i don't know and um bella and edward and the family and everyone else um they band together and get all the other good vampires, you know, the noble ones who understand the cause, together to fight against these royal Italian vampire people who are very, very and are strong and all of that stuff. <laughs> anyway, it is in fact Bella and Alice who kind of save the day because we have this like war coming up and you see the fight and you think, wow, it's brutal. <laughs> But it's all very much like, oh, it was all just a vision. Alice showed the head vampire of the Italian vampires what would happen if they fought, if I fought in this war, and then he would die. So then decide not to do it. So it's the biggest anticlimax I have ever read or seen on film, Uh, really. But it is, in the end, it is Bella and, you know, Alice who kind of saved the day in, in that respect. So they are really strong female characters but it's it doesn't take away from the toxic masculinity in there and also some really weird things where Jacob is now a man and he imprints on the baby and he's saying it's fine I'm currently just protecting her but then I will be more like a brother but Jacob you would you don't mention that once you are of age and the baby's of age you kind of want to be with that person, right? And this, yeah. this is just weird. It's absolutely weird. It's something that I think everyone knew at the time was weird, but they just re- they just rolled with it. And he had his top off. Let's yeah. come back to Ugh. that, you know. Body of a man, the face of a teenage boy. Yeah, yeah. But no, he just spent so much time with his top off. And I'm like, you're running up a mountain, <laughs> got your top off and it's bloody snowing. Like put a jumper on. I know you're a wolf. Dogs get cold. Why do you think they've got dog coats out there? Put a little dog coat on. Mm, yeah, but but certain dogs get cold. But he's not a dog, he's a wolf. And wolves don't wear mm. jackets. So um, <laughs> actually, what I also wanted to uh, bring up was, and this might be mind-blowing to you because it was to me. It might not be if you have watched the trailer recently, but I forgot how many very, very good actors were part of the Twilight series. So I made a list of the, of people Ooh. and I want, I'm going to read them out to you because you will be surprised. Hit me. Of course, we have Robert Pattinson. We've got Kristen Stewart. We all know that they are famous in all sorts of ways. Um, Robert Pattinson, of course, is Batman now. But um, here's just a list and I kind of ordered them to like least surprising to quite surprising. So first of all, Dakota Fanning, oh. who we all know from you know all sorts of films she is one of the evil vampires um of the italian faction yeah jamie campbell bauer also known as vecna also known as number one he's in twilight you've literally already done it with the second on the list yep i know 
Anna Kendrick from Pitch Perfect. Yeah. She's in Twilight. Everyone forgets. She has made such a name for herself now with Pitch Perfect and other things that people just forget that she was in Twilight. She did a lot of improvisation as well in Twilight. Mm, did she? Which she then goes on to do a lot in Pitch Perfect. Right. Okay. Throwing the facts right back at you. Michael Sheen? Yeah. What was he doing? Oh, the Voltari. I've remembered the name. It's the Voltari. Yes. The Italian vampires. Yeah. Yeah. What was he doing? Because if you look at the film, the makeup and the wig looks awful. It looks awful. He looks like a Halloween costume from the pound shop vampire. Yes. The makeup is awful. He's got lipstick on, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Maybe that's what vampires look like in Wales. You're in Wales. Yes, I am in Wales. Is that what vampires look like? I I wouldn't know. You know, I'm not one. So I I will find out for you, but... Bad makeup and wigs, maybe, potentially, could could be. Can I ask a question? Sorry to interrupt the list. So the Voltari, do they sparkle? Or is it just Edward? Yeah. They all sparkle. All, all vampires sparkle. Right, okay. They all sparkle. Okay. Yeah. But they are hidden often, so they don't really you know, no need, come out. No need for the sparkles. No. No. Stephanie Meyer actually made a cameo, like very Alfred Hitchcock of her, to be in the films herself. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard from Jurassic World and other directing things, she was in there as well, which I was surprised at because she's um, a pretty big name now. Mm. Rami Malek from Mr. Robot and Freddie Mercury Queen Biopic. When? I can't picture him. He, I think he's... The vampire who can split the earth. I I believe that's him. Okay, I need to go back and have a look at these. Yeah, um, I was surprised. I was uh, I forgot that he was in it, but he's also in Night of um, Night in the Museum as well. So. Oh, okay, another great film. <laughs> I know that that was all before he um, became quite famous with Mister Robot, the TV series. Lee Pace from you know. Uh, the Hobbit. He's the wood woodland elven king, and he also is uh, Ronan the Accuser in Guardians of the Galaxy, and he's no in other way. things. Yeah, he's in there as well. That that I was actually surprised at because he's a he's such a good actor. I, I really fancy him. Um, it's funny, isn't it, that they got some quite well known. I mean, yes, this was a few years back, and maybe people like Anna Kendrick were still coming up because they were mm. young. But then. I think if they'd have had any idea how well that first film would have gone, that they probably wouldn't have chosen Kristen Stewart and Robert Patterson because they were both unknowns. Yeah. But um, I read an interesting thing that was saying that because they were catapulted to such fame and money, it enabled them in a way that other upcoming Hollywood stars haven't been able to. It enabled them to be able to kind of pick and choose how they wanted their career to progress because they just had so much money. Yeah. And so, for example, you know, they both kind of went down a bit of an indie route. Robert Patterson now, Batman, yeah, but actually has done some real strange indie films. And I will just direct our listeners to The Lighthouse. Yes. If anyone has watched that. I love that film. I absolutely... Couldn't get more it different. It is so <laughs> funny to me. I think it's one of the most hilarious bonkers films I've watched. It stays with you, but not for the best reasons, but also not the worst. You know how when you watch the horror films and they really gross you out and it stays with you? It's not in that way at all. But there's just certain scenes. It is It's strange. such a quotable film. Yeah. Like we shout quotes from the lighthouse at, in, in this house all the time. Um, I, I'm obsessed <laughs> with that film. Yeah. 
he he did some really good indie stuff. He's actually a really good actor. Um, if you have seen it in him in different films, mm. he's really good. And I think people underestimated him because he was in this, you know, teen thing. Well, he actually tried to distance himself quite strongly from yeah. Twilight, didn't he? Because he was almost embarrassed. Well, not almost. Not almost. He was embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, well, he wasn't embarrassed of the what 30 million that he earned from exactly it, so. yeah but yeah it's it's funny when you see recent interviews with robert pattinson when he made the press tour and stuff with batman people obviously ask him about twilight and he just jokes about it and i think it's good to see the humorous side of it, it wasn't the best film you know the kind of best franchise it aged quite badly it's not like the harry potter films where there's some sort of legacy and everything else is a little bit of a joke now but he can laugh about it because there are other people especially younger actors who look back and it kind of makes them quite miserable like hayden christensen he's one of them when he did the star wars films he was really really young and i think he regretted it for a really long time because it was bad experience obviously he's now back for obi-wan kenobi tv series on disney plus and he's doing an amazing job but um it is good to see that um you know they're They've pushed through it and they came out the other end. Kristen Stewart, of course, she um, played Diana. So, um, you know, couldn't have gone that bad for her um, at all, this kind of Twilight thing. They've kind of pushed past the smouldering teenage stairs. Yes. And now they've got, you know, some really good stuff under their belts. Yeah, smouldering eyes as Batman. (laughs) Emo Batman. Different Batman. Smouldering eyes with a lot of eye makeup. Yes. So, smouldering eyes aside... Would this story still work today? I think it would. 100% it would. Because if that doesn't exist and you have a book series about a fragile, you know, beautiful yet overlooked plain Jane character um, and a man who's meant to be the most gorgeous man you've ever seen and he chooses her, I mean... That is pretty, that is pretty common even now. Yeah. I love that we think we're past it, but actually the red flags, like I said, are a lot more subtle. Now we romanticize other things that I think is still quite toxic. Of course, I'm not sure whether the graphic detail of her giving birth and the baby cut, like, biting its way through a belly would work in today's age. I have a four months old and that is making me feel a little bit ill. Yes, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's pretty gross. And I am surprised how detailed it is in the book. But, you, you know, there's no stone unturned about that scene. But yeah, totally it will work because any kind of um, young adult book series where we reminisce about being that person, being the person that's been chosen and someone will see the special light in us, of course it would work. Yeah. I mean, it's just a trope. At the end of the day, it's a love triangle and it's good and bad coming together to defeat. We love a triangle. It's a, it is. It's a common trope. Um, I think, you know, if they were to remake, I mean, I'm coming out from the films, they were to remake them today with the big budgets that they had in those later films, make those wolves a little bit more robust and robust. Uh, maybe come up with something that isn't quite just a glittery sparkle, um, make you know, make Bella's character a little bit more independent, then yeah, Yeah. I think it would rival any Marvel film. I would say so. Um, It's teen romance. You can't underestimate that. The power of teen willingness and obsession you can see that in BTS right now, the BTS army. It's one of the strongest, strongest army you can have behind you. It's a BTS army <laughs> and it's full of teenagers. So don't underestimate the teenagers. They will bring in the money and they will bring in the obsession. Yeah, I'm definitely for it. Maybe less, less blue tinting. 
because it kind of depressed me watching the films because everything was just so blue because it was meant to be cold and rainy all the time really moody and there's no no sense of humor in that in it at all so i think you've already answered this question are you team werewolf or are you team vampire i am team vampire because you become beautiful when you become a vampire you're gorgeous you don't have to sleep you can you just live forever and you can do whatever you want with your life and you're really strong why would i be a werewolf where if i transform i lose my clothes and <laughs> and, and get really, I know, hairy. I get really hairy, <laughs> like hairy like no that's uh that's probably not yeah how about you team vampire he he was a very good looking version of the types of boys that i dated right oh so you you dated some some cullens some in cullens. your past oh yeah it's it's funny. I think if they would remake it, um, there are there's more source material now because Stephanie Meyer has published quite a lot more books apart from the um, the seven books. I think no, it's seven books in total and four um, that we all know about. But one of them is a role reversal where um, the boy is human and the girl is a vampire. Ooh. And then uh, and I forgot to mention this when I was in my fan obsession time, a manuscript or first two chapters were leaked from a book called Midnight Sun that Stephanie Meyer was going to release um, pretty quickly after the Twilight um, books were released. And it was essentially telling the story of Twilight, the book, from Edward's point of view. And of course, everyone was obsessed. They wanted to know what what Edward was thinking in those scenes. I did as well. And I read the chapters um, that were leaked because she published them on on her website, including a statement where she said she was really disappointed with the people who leaked it. She was angry, she was furious, and she said she, she may never release this book obviously lo and behold she did release it now so um uh, i think it came out not that long ago i think it's 2020 or something like that so it was really recent she so she did wait quite a long time so yeah. but it is out if you ever wanted to for some reason wanted to know what edward was thinking in these scenes um there is a book from his point of view called midnight sun there you go get it on the christmas list <laughs> shall i wrap up yes i think i'm like the wrap-up girl so we have run out of time it's been a pleasure going back down memory lane, although not too memory lane for me because Dave and I watched them back to back in the pandemic in the first lockdown. And then by the end of it, we were a bit depressed. So I think we had to move on to something a bit jollier because, you know, global pandemic, a lot of blue tin, a lot of sparkling, a lot of uh, smoldering eyes. It got us down. Anyway, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please go and listen to some of our other episodes. And we are also on Patreon. So if you just can't get enough of Leah and I's scintillating chat, head over to Patreon slash Content Void and pick up those bonus episodes. Uh, In the meantime, we will be back next week with another episode. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.